And for this segment, we bring in our favorite happiness contributors, uh, Chris Libby, our section editor. Hello. And our science editor, Paula Phelps. How are you, Paula? Doing great. How about yourself? Oh, just fantastic. It's Live Happy Radio. It'd be kind of weird if we were sad on the radio, so we'll try to live as happy as we can. What we do in this segment is the three of us gather in the studio here, and we bring with us our favorite facts as they relate to positive psychology that we found in the last week. We uh, share them and discuss them, and then Paula takes that information and uh, puts it in a nice blog that is available on livehappy.com so you can further research it yourself. So without any further ado, in no particular order, let's start sharing our facts, starting with my fact this week, which is that if you want to live longer, dedicate some of that life to making the lives of others better. In other words, volunteering can make you live longer. Now, this is a chicken and the egg scenario because there's really no proof that if you go and work at the soup kitchen every week that you're going to suddenly add five years to your life. But they say that people who volunteer tend to uh, be more fluent. They tend to uh, be kind of healthier anyway but it's not necessarily that it's the fact that you're getting out you're get you're volunteering you're getting the social aspects of it and uh in those ways you can increase your life yeah the social thing is a big thing because you're you're out there making positive uh connections with people Mm -hmm. you're increasing the oxytocin um which is the love hormone if i'm correct paula right that's correct. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and all that flows through you. It makes you just it makes you feel good and uh, makes you all those positive things in your life are just good for everything. And really, I mean, getting out of your house is just generally a good thing to do unless you're going out to start fires. Uh, but if you're going out to be with people and especially doing a good deed like that, the people you work with, you're probably pretty like minded with mm-hmm. the people who you're there to help in, yeah. in general. What's that, Paula? Are you there? Uh, no, it just dropped. It went. It well, went I wasn't dead. saying anything important anyway, so don't <laughs> don't worry about that. No, we're just talking about the social aspect of of volunteering. It can be good, but also that that high you get from being altruistic uh, is is definitely helpful as well. It's huge for the brain because it, it's actually called the helper's high, and yeah. it does release endorphins. And so I think it really has a cyclical effect. The you know the more you volunteer and you're helping others, you feel better, so you want to do more, and and it really creates like a, a very nice vicious cycle where you're giving more of yourself, you're feeling better because of it, and think of all the other people that are benefiting because just because it makes you feel good. I feel like there is uh, a way to kind of get addicted to this, and this would be an addiction that you know so long as you're not putting yourself in harm's way can be good. I know a person, for instance, who like everything they do. Uh, well, how can this benefit uh, the less fortunate? Like, can we uh, can we hire or bring on these type of volunteers who need the job? Can we bring on these type of people who uh, don't get much social interaction otherwise? Or how can I use this to benefit somebody else? And in that way, maybe she's uh, she's. In, in elongating her life is that the right term uh by by constantly uh being on the lookout for ways to to benefit other people instead of benefiting herself Damn. and it's also taking the focus off of herself and that's huge and it, it helps us cope with our lives better mm-hmm. if we focus on ourselves and we're thinking about what's going wrong and what's not working as well as we want, our lives can feel pretty miserable. If we go out there and help others, we're really focusing on them, and we end up with a sense of gratitude and appreciation for the lives that we have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, to go back to your point about the connections, uh, and then you said there really wasn't any proof that it can extend your life, but 
uh, recent studies have shown that uh, when we have social isolation and when we are more lonely, which is an increasing problem, that can shorten your life. That can yeah. take years off of your life. Well, we've talked about, and I can't forgive me because the name is escaping me, but the, the Asian culture, uh, that, that their social connection, mm -hmm. their new, their family is so important and getting out and being active is so important. And they're like the longest lived people on earth in, in a group. And I want to say they're in Japan somewhere, yes. correct? Okinawa. Yeah. Okinawa. Okinawa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, while there's not direct proof that being a volunteer that helps people, it's the things that go along with volunteering, mm -hmm. uh, that will help, uh, will help you. So remember that next time someone asks you to volunteer the soup kitchen on, uh, Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving and the Cowboys are on, you remember. Let's move on to our second fact, and let's let's kind of keep it, I guess, somewhat in the same vein. Libby's fact. Yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, my fact is about social contagion, and uh, your friends can pick up your mm -hmm. good mood. Yeah. But they can also pick up your bad mood. Uh, this new research that came out shows that moods can spread among our social networks, uh, impacting the moods of those around you. Um, so the more friends you have with with good moods and positive emotions, the more likely you'll have a good mood and positive emotion. But also, uh, if you surround yourself with a lot of people with, with negative moods like um, isolation and helplessness, um, that can have an effect on you too, to low mood, but not depression. That was another uh, thing about this study that was really interesting was uh, you can't, depression is an entirely different thing and it can't be spread. Right. Now, the good moods can help a depressed person be not so depressed, but the negative moods can't push somebody into depression, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, for sure. Because well, and I think a lot of people associate uh, almost erroneously that depression just means you're in a bad mood all the time. It's, yeah, there's and, so much more to it. Than yes, that. that's exactly what they're trying to say. There, it's entirely different. But I, this really made a lot of sense to me because you know if you surround yourself with people who are complaining all the time. Well, eventually, to fit in, almost, you're going to start complaining all the time as well. Um, but I can honestly say this, and this is not just a plug for the magazine, radio show, and podcast. But the more I hang around you guys, the more we do this show, the more grateful I am, the more satisfied. Well, how could not be? I mean, yeah. right, because I get to talk to Paula all the time. Uh, <laughs> Our emotions, they are contagious, just like a virus. Uh, if you sneeze on me and give me your cold, I mean, uh, the emotions act the same way. Think about if you're dropping a pebble into a pond, and that ripple effect will carry yeah. on. Consider the pebble. <laughs> Paula, if I sneezed on you, would that make you happy or no? <laughs> it depends if I'd gotten my shot yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that it just... It change your brain. Yeah. Not not your sneezing. Your sneezing on me will not change your brain. Oh, okay. But yeah, when, when you're, the who you're around really does change your brain. Um, you know, as Chris was talking about, if you have people who are are critical or are are complaining all the time, your mind starts to lean in that direction. And so you are going to kind of rewire what you're focusing on because yeah. what you're focusing on is what's going to flourish. And if you're around people who are only talking about the bad things, you start talking about the bad things, and pretty soon that's all you see. For sure. And uh, hold on, guys. I got to uh, – uh, uh. That was happiness you were spreading. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our uh, final fact, and that fact comes from Paula. And like a sneeze, this is about your nose. Hey. hey thanks for the setup, bud. But uh, 
<laughs> this is a really interesting study. You know, we talk about uh, how breath can really help control our emotions and help calm us down. But this new study says that our nose is the key to making us happy because breath that we take through our nose is different than the breath we take in through our mouth. And it actually affects the electrical activity in our brain. Why is that? Is it because there's less of it going through the airwaves and, and the less oxygen, the more, I don't know. Well, I suspect that will be their next study because they don't know why it is. Okay. <laughs> but they noticed a, a big difference. This was from Northwestern University, and there was a significant difference in brain activity when, particularly in the amygdala and the hippocampus, which both are associated with emotion and fear. And uh, in those areas, when you breathe through your nose, uh, you had a lot of control, and it diminished fear. It diminished um, some of the fight or flight responses that one would have, as opposed to breathing through your mouth. So there is some scientific basis between, uh, or for, like, you know, when you get mad, just count to ten, and right. breathe, and breathe ten right. deep breaths, and it'll be fine. That's interesting. Yeah, take it in through the nose, not through the mouth. But also, what you're saying is, no one knows. <laughs> we could we could make more bad puns here i mean i thought the i thought the hippocampus was a college for large water dwelling mammals um have we sufficiently irritated you yet paula can you can you try to are you can you try to breathe see if this works out is that um a deviated septum Got oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do, do allergies affect this too like you're, you're, you're <laughs> if, yeah, what if you can't breathe through your nose? Yeah, if the but, pollen count is high, are you going to be more uh, more likely to be sad? I don't know. Or stressed out. You'll be afraid. Fire, fire. 